The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's an in-memoriam episode. We are marking the passing of the legendary singer Tina Turner, who passed away recently. She had something of a movie career, uh, and we are looking at the film with her most notable role. No, it is not as the mayor in The Last Action Hero. It is her role in Mad Max 3 Beyond Thunderdome. Thunder, I'm ACDC, Dome. Thunder. Dome, it's a cheap cafe. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, two Australian icons, ACDC and Dome Cafe. Yeah. And joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it is Kate Willoughby. Hello. How are I, you, Kate? I'm good. I always do it like that. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm questioning my choice. Hello. No, it's yeah, okay. yeah. perfectly natural. Perfectly yeah. natural. If you want to keep that, hello, that's also fine. Yeah, thank you. Thank um, you. How are things, Kate? Yeah, good, good. Uh, I've had. I'm having a, a pure chamomile tea. Ooh. We've spoken about uh, movies that Dan and I have spoken about movies that we saw as a kid that maybe weren't catered for kids but we enjoyed them anyway and Um, our first cartoon crushes our first cartoon crushes Mm -hmm. uh of course and um us trying to figure out if this was the second mad max film or the third max mad max film because i've seen the first original one and i've only seen mad max fury road right so i was like is this mad max 2 or is this mad max 3 so Mm -hmm. what you just did None of us decided to use a computer. We didn't look at our phones and go, we'll sort this out. We did this old school. We yeah. just kept talking backwards and forwards going, is it two? Is it three? I can I don't confirm know. it is the third film that it was is. released. Okay, num- okay, number three. Mm. Yeah, but no, I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. What do you know about Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? Um, I know nothing about it. Like, I, I feel like I've maybe I've seen some images of like that. There's like a like a a bike dome. You know, when you sort of see um, a lot of traveling uh, events would have like the evil Knievel and you'd like mm. ride up higher. And I think that that would get used. And I remember seeing a shot like that. I feel like if it's Mad Max, that there will be like a battle dome. Like maybe it's more like a coliseum type of vibe. Like you've got a battle to the death. Mm. Um, they always see like fighting robots and that's like in a square <laughs> dome so i feel like if it's mad max it's probably one of those things but they're probably not fighting for like golden championship it's probably it's probably something like do you want water fight to the death <laughs> like i yeah from going from like fury road mm. um that is it's probably something really basic like do you want food and shelter battle it out kill mm. this baby you like, want food eat your opponent yeah like, kind of like stuff yeah. like that um yeah and i think tina turner she's in charge of it all i think mm. that's all i sort of i don't know anything about this film i love that you described five domes you were like the square dome the bike dome the battle dome and then of course there's the thunder dome there's yeah. thunder do- a series like, of domes but like i don't know throughout history i think when you think of like battle things it's like mm. coliseum right yeah. every mm. 
society has always gone we need an area that's enclosed that circle so they can't hide in a mm. corner and the romans would have done a dome if they had the technology yeah, yeah they would have if they had They'd the technology all over the if they could do dome. if they could do lights they would have had a dome but yeah. they needed yeah. sunlight mm. yeah they would have um, had like a, a basically a carnage based epcot center is is what they would have had yes <laughs> Yes. That's the Roman Empire right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Human beings, give them a dome, they'll get people to fight in it. Indeed. I... <laughs> I'm just saying, it's true. Now, breaking down the human condition wonderfully there. <laughs> yeah. uh, like a modern day Kierkegaard. Well yeah. done. Uh, well, luckily, we do have someone who has seen the film and can confirm uh, all of our dome-based questions. Uh, welcome back to the program, Daniel Buckle. Hi. How are you, Daniel? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, glad to be watching this uh, with such wonderful people. Um, I remember this as being my favourite Mad Max, uh, not including Fury Road. I, yeah. I differentiate between the older ones. You were debating by going. People consider this to be the best one, and then Stephen walks in and goes, "Everyone thinks that they don't like this one. Number two is <laughs> yeah. the best." And I... you've just been going, "This is the best one." It, okay, it is totally possible that yeah. I am conflating and mixing two and mm. three. Um, but but I think I'm not. And I, mm. I, I think this is the best one. Okay. Well, th- this is the only Mad Max film I haven't seen. Yeah, right. Um, and like, I'm coming into it very open-minded and hoping to have a good time because um, b- basically people I know who are really into their Mad Maxes um, generally say that the, the, the ranking order, I suppose, is, is nowadays Fury Road, mm then Road Warrior, which was Mad Max 2. And then for some of them, it's interchangeable between the first and the third one, where they're both like, yeah, they're, they're fine, but they didn't quite live up to the others. But I'm excited to hear yeah. that number three could, could be better than I'd two. I'd be ex- interested to see, because obviously this is the film that made people go, we don't need another one. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, because Mad Max Fury Road came out, like, what was it, like 20, like yeah, a long time 30 after, years after this. 30 years, and obviously it's meant to be the same guy, so it's meant to Wait. still tell the same story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so obviously this must have been the film where like something happened and they went, nah. Are you, are you saying people watch this film and then they went, we don't need another Mad Max. <laughs> Bring it back to Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, and, and of course, Tina Turner is the reason we are watching this. Yeah. You so cheerfully at the start of the episode. <laughs> An In Memorandum episode. Uh, I, uh, if you go back and listen to all of the previous In Memoriam episodes, I'm always saying it cheerfully. Um, <laughs> just because I think it's, you know, we're celebrating who they were in their life. Yeah, I mean, it's different if it, they were young. Like, I feel like sure. there's been a few, yeah. if you're looking back at That's them and true, go, yeah. this person died and it was a horrible... Ser-. Like, yeah, generally, was... most of the people's like old age. Like, she was... Mm. I mean, she had a really tough fucking life. Like, yeah. And I think she's openly said that and gone like, mm. I did not enjoy my music career. And I'm, I'm sorry that that makes you feel bad, but I want you to know mm. a lot of the time that you're seeing me, I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah, um, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. That was a, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, that's not like verbatim, but I think there was mm. something that it was similar to that, I think, when she mm. retired. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's had a tough life. I don't know. Hopefully she enjoyed doing this film. Maybe that'll be in Fun Max. Well, maybe we'll find out when we get to the review section. So, with all that being said, shall we watch Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? Thunder. Dome, dome. Get your coffee. (laughs) (laughs) This makes no sense to people outside of WA. Two croissants enter. Half price leaves. Uh... Dome, the cafe you go to when you're going to the movies and you want a coffee. Hmm. 
Like a bad coffee. Like, because it's the only good coffee. Because you're not getting the cinema coffee. Like, right, it's not yeah. as bad as cinema coffee. I know, okay, they're like, sure. you want a coffee in the cinema? And you're like, I'm going to go to Dome next door. And then you're going to hide it in your bag. Yeah, because so like, Gloria Jeans isn't there. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, my favorite Dome fact, if you look up when you're in a Dome, Dome, mm. and you see the Dome above you, the letters just say, do me. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... We are going to watch Thunderdome. So, uh, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to answer who runs Barter Town as we watch Mad Max Beyond Thunder Doomy. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And I'm joined once again by Daniel Buckle. Hank, Hank. And Kate Willoughby. Where's the two? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Kate, that was your first time watching Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. M-M-B-D. Yeah, B-T, sorry. Um, what, What did you think? It was bizarre. I would say, as someone, like, who has only watched the original Mad Max... And then Mad Max Fury Road, this tone, like mm. we were just saying, it sounds like it should have been a musical. Like this, the whole tone of the film mm. is so different, but mm. at the same time fits in the world. But like the story was just so bizarre. Mm. And the s- soundtrack, it made it feel like it was going to be like, like you kept saying, is this hook? Like all of a sudden, <laughs> like they were just going weird. What fun! Like, and I'm just like, what? Like, the soundtrack didn't. There was like a section of it with adventure music, and maybe it's because it was a PG rated. I was like, this music does not match what is going on, and it was so bizarre. It wouldn't have been out of place to have like a bonk, yeah, sound effects of slipping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like like whoa, wacky, and then like Mm. a kid dies. Like it's yeah, (laughs) yes, like it's just it's so bizarre like like i honest to god thought that the 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 thunderdome theater guy was Mm. gonna start singing yeah like there was some great there was some really interesting shots Mm. there was some um like the story was quite interesting of like mad okay the unknown the unnamed man max maxi maxi boy he (laughs) he is just every film that i've seen so far is that he's just he's just doing something and then he's like, well, I guess I have to... Like, he just wanted his shit back. Like, mm. he's just like, I want my shit back. I don't have anything to barter with because all of my shit was taken. And mm. so they're like, well, if we can have you for 24, 48 hours or whatever, fight this guy to the death because... And her only thing was that she feels demeaned by him, by the scientist guy that's doing the pig shit. Like, it's not like he's doing anything shitty. Or that she doesn't have power. Because she, she absolutely have, does. She does. And like he withholds some stuff and it's sort of like more undermining. So it seems like maybe there's a political shift that could possibly happen and she wants to nip it in the bud mm. before. Mm. But you sort of get this feel like, oh yeah, he's a, oh, I guess they're terrible. And then you're like, no, not really. It's, and then he finds kids in the, and that mm. storyline was so, it came out of, it came out of nowhere. And came to nothing. And came to... No- like, why were the kids there? 
the, or then they try to tell the story of like, so it, it's been, and the time frame just didn't make sense. <laughs> like I just, sorry, I yeah. have to unpack this. Is that, yeah. So it's been 20 years since the first Mad Max film, right? And, and that had And the people, apocalypse yeah, was, was already happening. It was starting, or... it was it, like uh, in the first film, like shit was going down. Mm. Like they were running out of oil and everything was going... But had bombs dropped. But I don't think the bombs had dropped. And I, as bombs mm. dropping seems to be a new thing because I was I don't confused. remember that from number one or number two. Yeah, and I haven't seen number two, so I'm like, okay. So then they look about a bomb, but the guy obviously puts a bunch of people on a plane mm. to say to get out of the city because they know shit's going down. Mm. But then turbulence... Or, or out of fuel or something. The plane crashes, the few survivors, they mm. happen to find an oasis that hasn't been destroyed. There's, And then they decide that some of the adults are going to go and find people, yeah. maybe, but to keep telling the story because someone will return to them. And then, so we know that it's been 20 years. So when did the bombs go off? Mm. And then also how old are the kids... And then the yeah. eldest one, she seemed, is she a teenager or is she in her early 20s? Because she seems to remember it enough. Like she was part of the first generation of maybe the, she was a kid on the plane. She could like, have been really young. Yeah. yeah like mm. she, I feel like that maybe she was five on the plane or something. Like, yeah. so she vaguely remembers stuff, mm. but like. Which would mean that she's an adult. Yeah. Okay. So she's like a young adult, but mm. then like there are no adults and they're, all these children, with some of them looking 10. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so some when... Some of them looking a lot, a lot younger. younger. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so when did... When did the other adults leave? Mm. Why isn't that they're... That the way that they're speaking is so broken in, like, obviously terms that they would have heard and, like, mm. there's no schooling, I guess. So that's, like, yeah. the whole thing. It, it does feel like... The adults were like, oh, we're in this oasis. I guess this is where we live now. And then all of a sudden they all had babies around the same time. And they all just went, you know what? Childcare sucks. And they all just left at the same time is what it feels like. A part of me feels like that they did abandon the kids on purpose and said, no, we'll definitely be back and just Mm. left them. So in terms of the timeline for the Mad Max universe, I have just done a little bit of looking up just to clarify. So the original Mad Max... Uh, which was released in our world in 1979, yep. is captioned as being a few years from now. Um, there's a piece of graffiti on a road sign that's dated December 1984. So they basically reckon that because of that, Mad Max, the first film, is set in 1985. Um, Australia, along with the rest of the world, has been thrown into a social and economic breakdown as a result of the warring around the Persian Gulf, which has seen a dramatic drop-off in oil production and the lack of fuel sparked a global financial collapse uh, with many countries declaring martial law to keep order. So okay. that's that. That's sort of like... Yeah, the so the first film, because he's still a cop and there's sort of like mm. people living in the city, but now things are getting... When, yeah. you, when, you, go to, gangs, when you start going yeah. to country towns. So that's why everything sort of still looks mm. normal. Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, is set about three years after Mad Max. Um, okay. And this is the part where um, the, it, it, it gets a little bit confusing because in the timeline of the original three films because the problem is now there's fury road which has sort of messed up the timeline a bit more yeah but in the uh in the original timeline uh the road warriors story precedes the events of global nuclear war and that the wasteland that is shown in the movie is just the result of further decay so there has been no nukes dropped in mad max 2 so in between two and three there are uh apparent oh hang on a sec well, now with Fury Road, based on the timeline, nuclear war happened somewhere between the first film and the second film. So, 
originally when when it was shot there hadn't been nuclear war before road mm, warrior right but because of fury road because of how it's been paced out um it is now according to this that i'm reading anyway uh it's basically that nuclear war happened somewhere between the events the first mad max film and the second mad max film which okay. which explains why in this film you've got the guy selling water with, that's irradiated mm, and, yeah. and stuff like that so yeah um they, they've never really been that interested in the details of what happened no, outside and i mm. like that yeah like, i sort of yeah, like i like matter. that you get snippets but i think for the kids storyline that was just really fucking throwing mm. me off because I was like, okay, then how are they all so good mm. hunter gatherers with no adult? And also, why does this picture do what well, it looks like Mad Max? Like, he's even got his fucked up eye. Like, I was like, okay, mm. well, this looks like the guy. It's not even close. It's not even like it's a drawing of an adult yeah. with gray hair. It was like, no, here's That's you in black leather. Mel Gibson. Looks, mm. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And also, I just sort of got a bit uncomfortable because they were using a lot of cinematic language of like, of like, of like of, of Indigenous Australians. Oh, that with was one hundred percent the and it was leaning, very yeah. mm. uncomfortable for me. I was like, okay, so they somehow have boomerangs, and they even and had spears. artwork in in the cave, and they had yeah. some artwork, which then makes me think, did they? And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they oh, went to oh. a cave where that work saw that there was art there and went, oh, that'll be a great shot. And just, ha- it happened to be there. I like, would love to say, surely not, but uh, right? history doesn't quite and, support that statement. And then also the the, the way that the kids spoke mm. was also like, as someone, mm. as, like as someone I've, I've traveled to remote communities and I've, and I've worked with um, young kids, like, and yeah, when you go in like country towns and stuff like that, but especially when you start going into indigenous communities and English is their second language. Mm-hmm. So it's a different vernacular, but it's not like broken English because they're like dumb. It's because it's a, it's a, it's their second language and it's mm. a mixture of how, you know, sentence structure and stuff is put yeah. forth. So it's like, it's a whole, it's its whole other mm. language with its own rules and mm. law, like of how things run. But it sounded like that that's what they were the way that they formed the sentences, mm. it was very much like, it just, it was... There were some kids of colour there, but I they was, didn't yeah. really have any screen time. Yeah, it was of. just very mm. bizarre. Like, especially because there were just yeah. no adults. Like, I think it was this weird, maybe it's because the 80s and it was like very hook-like. I was just going, why the fuck are these kids here? Like, what's this weird... It was, it was so bizarre. And mm. he like goes, oh, fine, these kids go away... I did like that the kid died. I mean, that sounds oh, oh in, the, in, in, in the quicksand. In the quicksand. Yeah, one I liked how died, it was the yeah. classic shot of like, he saved these kids. One kid had gone under in the quicksand and every movie you think someone's gone and then you see their hand and you save him. This one was like, nah. Nah, he's gone. He's gone. So the reason for the kid's plot line, uh, and it's a really interesting film because for, for, it's very unique in the sort of Mad Max structure. Uh, it was the first film with American financial backing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's got Tina Turner in it. Um, it it's very different from she the ones great. that came before. And she is great. And we will get on to, to Tina. But the film, when it was originally being made, wasn't going to be a Mad Max film. When this film uh, was in pre-production, yeah. it was going to be a post-apocalyptic adaptation of Lord of the Flies. Right. It 100% has that um, mm. instant vibe with like the, the leader of of the the Lost Boys. Yeah. And, and, and the um, ship, the, instead of a the, shipwreck, oh, it's a plane crash. Yeah. yeah. What happened so 100%. it was going to be a post-apocalyptic Lord of the Flies where an adult who had survived the apocalypse found 
these kids. Yeah, essentially the kids from Lord of the Flies. Um, it became the third Mad Max film when George Miller um, became aware of the project and suggested that that adult be Mad Max. Mm. And they reworked it to be the Imagine third Imagine making Mad- a film and then having some bigwig come up and be like, I'll have that. I'll your have your film is just but part of my film. The thing yeah. is, is that they fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> but because here's the thing, right, is that they went, his punishment was to go to the gulag. And then mm. it was like, okay, it looks like they're just tying him, take him away. And then when this person found him, I went, oh, wait, hang on. Is this the gulag? Is it like, oh, if you survive, this person's going to find you mm. and drag you and take you to this uh, thing, mm. right? And it seems like paradise. And I think that would have been really interesting of like, if you manage to not die, someone collects you. Mm. Um, you go to a place that looks like an oasis, but this is actually the gulag. Yeah. And you'll be... Uh, you'll either be their savior or they'll kill you and they'll eat you. Be cannibal kids. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and seeing all the bones, like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, it, 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 it is rather fascinating to think how that might uh, play out. Because that would have been so much more interesting in my mind. Mm. Like, so that would have been so, like, because that was a thing, gulag. And I'm yeah. like, okay. And then they're just like, it's just, it's just banishment with most likely death yeah. instead of like... And, and you have to waste a whole horse to, to banish them. Yeah. I think it would have been really interesting if it was the Lord of the Flies, but it's sort of like, mm. this is this is all they've ever known. And then for him to go, well, there is stuff outside and he manages to turn the tides and use that. to And like all the kids. That would have been more interesting. And all yeah. the kids, some of those kids, say the guy, right, the pig killer. And he said, oh, I did it to feed my family. But it would have been interesting because they had that wheel of punishment of going mm. that well, the punishment for the kid because the kid ate the pig. If instead of like a wife and kid, it was like to feed the kids. The sense of like, oh no, well, if your punishment, because you still said yes to eating it, is that the kid gets sent to the, the gulag. So this, I, I think it could have been interesting of like some of these children being raised, not knowing that some of them were just a, not abandoned, but just like as punishment for some of these people that their kids are taken from them and left in this what they think is a prison. Mm. So I think it could have been a a way to hold power over somebody of like, even the, say the scientist, you know what I mean? Like something bare minimum of going, and then that oasis is called the gulag. And it seems like a, what a wonderful oasis of water. And then all Mm. of a sudden Mad Max sees all these skeletons, (laughs) you know, and they're also cannibals. Yeah. And I think that could have been really interesting, like a way to combine it. So then when they brought some of the kids back, Right, it it would have had, and why be why the other guys like no, we got to stay here. Is that he might be more aware of like, yes, we do all these terrible things, mm. but like we have this oasis. So that, if it means yeah. we got to take some adults and eat them, and we got to keep some of you away from your parents, it keeps the population in the area going. Like, yeah, yeah. because as it is, it does just feel like two movies slapped two together, two separate films the, with no yeah. connection. The first half of the film is the Thunderdome movie, and the yeah. second half is beyond thunderdome that's that's basically what it is it's because yeah. thunderdome is such a fun concept um of like you've got this town it's called barter town so you know how it works mm. um it's it's led by uh anti anti-entity as uh she's never referred to in this film yeah just, just in the credits auntie. yeah but yeah you've got you've got auntie played by uh, the late great tina turner um she's late and she's very great in this she's great in it i love it 
I love mm. it. She was actually also they could have done it. They could have started in the oasis and then gone to Bardertown. You know, like mm. he he was found in the desert. So, so he could have just he could have just oasis. started there after his mm. shit got stolen, yeah. and then all these kids, and then some of them are like, "Oh, take us!" And you could have had it was anyway. It was just mm. but Tina Turner was great. The theater guy. Yes. Um, and I gotta I gotta wonder um, how he got his start there. The theater guy, like, were were they undecided as to what the punishment should be, and he was like. Ooh, now's my chance. Mm. Why not make it a spectacle? This was Dr. Dealgood. For, Dr. Uh, Dealgood. Yeah. That was his name. That was his name. Of course. Was, that was the guy that remembered Wheel of Fortune. You know what I mean? Like he, this was a theater guy that said, how can I survive the apocalypse? I yeah. got to entertain. Like it did seem like he was always going to start a musical number. Yes. It was. Yes. And the Thunderdome. And then he'd organised some rehearsals. There was a bit of call and response the, the, stuff going on. Yeah, and like mm. the women with the weapons. Like that is something that like... <laughs> Come on, girls, rehearsed. tits and teeth. Yeah. Mm. No, it was, it was spectacular. I mean, the, the whole cast is really great. Um, they all give 110%. I love Absolutely. it. And also George from Play School. I, I was about <laughs> to say, George Spartles, who plays Blackfinger, uh, the mechanic... Yep. Uh, for any people of your generation, Kate, who grew up yeah. watching Play School in Australia in George the 90s. George and Monica, guys, it's jo- it took me a while. <laughs> and like, not actually not that long. Like, it was uh, after he went under the second time and going around the car and he's mm. in leather Speedos, which is, uh, yeah. And I just was like, Play School? Like, I... I, I the leather Speedos. There's leather Speedos. <laughs> I was like, oh, I remember staring at that guy's dick. No, I never... <laughs> But it was very incongruous seeing him, yeah. like someone that you just associate with, you know, the children's television thing, yeah. being in a Mad Max film. So I just assumed, oh, nah, he'll be a good guy. Like in my brain, <laughs> I went, nah, he'll be fine in the end. And he was still not, but he didn't die. I would love it. No, he didn't. I would love it. I know that obviously Tom, the Tom Hardy or whatever is Mad Max and the Fury Road. Mm. But like he didn't, George didn't die in this film. If they made another Mad Max and they just had him in there, like as the mechanic, but he's mm. like older, yeah, I'd I'd love that. Especially if they got a bunch of older play school hosts <laughs> as well, and like made them a kind of gang, and didn't didn't like hang a lantern on it or anything. Yeah. Just, just, just if you know, you know. And instead of saying yeah. "witness me," they're all going "come inside." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there's a that, that version of Thunderdome contains a bear and a chair. <laughs> that's, that's all. Yeah. Also, it was. I liked that it was a barter town. It was this weird thing where there weren't any real bad guys. Like they were just shit, but they weren't. They were like, making life work as mm. best they could. Yeah, like like Tina Turner is essentially the baddie of this film. But if, she's if, not. She never really is. But, but that's the thing. It's like she's. She she breaks the deal, so they get the wheel as as all crimes rhyme. But, I, um, I love that. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is like she's probably the one that you would paint most as a villain, just because she's the one that is most in opposition to Max for the second half of the film. But even then, she goes, "I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to leave you in the desert." And her yeah. whole idea for for getting back mm. that um, scientist guy. Oh, what was his character's name? Oh, well, he was oh, Ma- Master. master. Yeah, Master. Because he was one half of Master, master Blaster. Blaster. Yeah. Yes. Um, the whole point of her getting him back, like the, the big climactic fight at the end, yeah. was so that she could rebuild the town and save all the people in the community. He's not coming back. If they don't rebuild their power supply, mm. a lot of people are going to die. The and good guys win, but lots of innocent people die as a and result. And pigs. 
And pigs. There's yes. thousands of pigs there. Yeah. I, I, I found it very interesting. I like, she's like, aren't we a pair? And just sort of left. Because I think at the end of the day, she went, we needed the science guy. Fuck it. You owned it. Cool. I'll let you go. Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Because mm. at the end of the day, it was like. You passed the audition and she picks him up. That at the was end. great. That been, and the fact yes. that it was audition. I, a part of me is like, I was a nobody. And then I was somebody. I'm like, was her and this guy, were they in a theater troupe like oh, i like were oh, they were they people that were actors in sydney <laughs> and yes because we find out it's very close it's mm. very close to sydney because that's a small plane they would not have a lot of fuel yeah mm. like so it's close to sydney they seem to get there right away yeah mm. um and just the other side of a sandstorm so yeah, you know, happy, yeah. look how big a sandstorm is and go all right that, but that, then but. i go where's the ocean the ocean must be dried up because like Sydney Opera House and all that, that's that's a bay that leads into the ocean. Yeah, and the river's completely dry. And the gone. river's completely mm. dry. So I'm like, is Maybe. the ocean But that's gone? pretty normal for Australia. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. true these days. That's true. Ooh, um, boy. I know. But yeah, it was quite, it was interesting, but it was a film that was tonally mm. so bizarre. I, I saw it as very Looney Tunes. Yes. Like this is, this is a live action Looney Tunes movie, or, or rather a live action Muppet movie where they forgot to add the Muppets. I mean, Bugs yeah. Bunny is in this film. Yeah, they he do a little... Is. Yeah. He is in the film. Yeah the, yeah, the kid with the doll. That... The whole train Bugs scene. Bugs Bunny gets more lines than that kid. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the whole train, like the whole train yeah. scene. Yeah. I thought it was great. Like when, when you were like, oh my God, Mel Gibson is outside of the train, but he's leaning in to hit somebody with a frying pan. Who's That's... also outside of the train. And like yeah. people die, but like you don't really see them die. Like no, he it's, disappeared. It's, it's the comedy what? explosion what? one. And mm. the and, stunt people, yeah. like that guy having to lift himself up over each... That was one shot. It, it was, looked... oh my God, that guy must have been hit. Yeah. How many... That guy didn't skip Bardo. That's that's what we can that tell. That was insane. He yeah. uh, trained hard. Oh. oh. Also, Angry Anderson as Iron Bar, who is the guy that gets the most punishment with the second head above the fake Matt yeah, Mannequin head. Yeah. And he um, never dies, even at the end when he's giving the finger, which I... <laughs> Very fun. Is it because they went, oh, well, we can't... We have to show that he's alive. And I'm like, is he? Or is that was his last breath of just like, fuck yeah. I, I really thought the hand was going to be like... And but, instead he just gave the finger. I, I, th- I, yeah. I reckon that was an added thing by him. I that, that would have been improvised. They would yeah. have had a shot of going, okay, you're going to go out and then die. And, die. Yeah. and then he would have gone, here's a finger. Everyone yeah. would have laughed and went, we're keeping that. Yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, it's it's... It's sensational. Um, it, 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 it is such a fun film to watch. It is such a hard film to discuss almost seriously because it, I think the point of it, and much more so than the two Mad Max films that came before it, is this one felt like it wanted to be fun. Like, yes. you don't build a Thunderdome without having an inherent sense of this is fun and silly as well as a bit dangerous because they're on bloody bouncy cords. And I know that... You know what I picture, especially with the theatre guy, uh, this is how I picture it, is that they had the regular, like they had a regular fight pit, mm. just like basic. They're like, because people were fighting and sh- and like auntie would have gone, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. You just have to fight this out and then walk away. And then slowly people started watching and then eventually they made the dome so other people wouldn't get thrown in because people kept jumping in. Mm. And then it became like a thing. And then everyone's like, look, 
He's like, look, darling, everyone's bored of the everyone's bored of the Thunderdome. We need to add, we need to make something. We gotta do something. And during the bartering, someone's like, oh, I got this stretchy rope. No, I got it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make bungee cords. And I, like, I, I got this big scepter with a pair of wings on the top. I love it. And I would love it if oh, they just ro- I love it if they would rotate. Like in my brain, I'm like, what if they've just got the bungee cords now because that's what they happen oh, to have? Mm. But once that guy snapped it, what if the next one they're like, all right. Bicycles. Bicycles. Or they go, we've got a bunch of pigs. They're just in the dome with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it you is. can't hurt any of the pigs. The pigs must live. Yes. Or they're like, you are both blindfolded. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. feel like that there were things that people added just to keep it spicy. Like, yeah. that's You're the, absolutely that right. That is the vibe that I got from this barter town. Which yeah, Mad just... Max turned up in bungee month. Where yes. It was yeah. actually just, this is how we're doing it. And I, but I do, I get what you mean by Before like... Before it was rock and robot. Yes. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> robots enter one robot gets their head leaves I, I do love that the rules are very simple yeah <laughs> they're like two yeah. enter one leaves it's fabulous and uh, it's just a lot of fun and you can argue that it all fits in the Mad Max world because I was saying mm. before is that like because you're in a post-apocalyptic world and everyone's got their own little societies of just like little things so it's like even though it's so mm. bizarre it could totally live in like Fury Road and it can also totally mm. live like it's just well this is barter town mm. like and you could probably go after a certain period and you'd have a bunch of people go well, i've never heard of barter town yeah. like it's just it's only if you're in this area mm. of mm. like however many kilometers that it's where you can go yeah um i found the ending a little bit touching where they, they they've established this storytelling tradition from the kids that left the tribe or yes. the tribe that left um they're continuing it in the ruins of Sydney and that they're leaving lights on at night for people to find the city. Yeah. I was like, that's really actually quite nice. That's a, a surprisingly nice sentiment in a, in a Mad Max film. Yeah. It is, but they left paradise to go to a burnt out husk of a city. Yeah. yeah. That, that it has no resources mm. that, they, that you can see. That's mm. dust storms because the water's gone. Mm. So it's this really weird thing of going, oh, let's live in the skeletons of Mm. the past of people that destroyed things Mm. in the hopes that people will come but it's like back pr- but it's prime real estate like you you've seen property prices in sydney today i you could drop a nuclear bomb on sydney and still pay three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> for some of those places like know, it's, it is. they did leave paradise yep. and i think that's Where's what's yeah. really interesting they left paradise for surfers paradise it's Ooh. near enough it's okay <laughs> it's not but i don't know the east the eastern states it's all it's all just one big city for me yeah. over there that's how um, it works <laughs> it was also good seeing the little the guy with the white face and the black eyes because the yeah, yeah. Mm. pre pre Nicholas Holt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sort of the 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 Ur Nux. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, the what? Ur is in like the earliest text. So like we refer to like the, uh, the original version of something oh. in historical things as the Ur text. Because it is sort of like the storytelling, right? Of like people telling stories and myths mm. of people. Like so, obviously, Mad Max is becoming like this myth of like just storytelling mm. and like history, which is quite interesting. But then it makes me go, oh, is this guy, because he's driving the car, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we'll do the witness me people following the thing. It makes me go, oh, is this guy the first one mm. where people, because he hopped in a car and, like, did the driving, mm. and I'm just like, oh, is this, like, a thing that eventually... Yeah. Interesting. Is this, like, the first guy that becomes... Because they haven't left... He was raised in that area. I don't know yeah. why. And, he, and it's because of Bugs Bunny. I realised it just clicked to me now. He's painted his face white and black oh, because it's Bugs Bunny. 
it that did not occur to me so because I just realised because you have the bugs bunny mm. and he pulls it and it talks yeah. and so that means that that's where it came from and the sort of the mm. and followed death and like and now these witness me people <laughs> that are taking these drugs are like. Maybe, I feel like they came from so that guy. Kate, you have had <laughs> the best justifications for every bullshit thing in this film. So much so, please, can you make the next Mad Max film? You yeah. have clearly got it. Yeah. I, yeah. I love. Well, I mean, I was just saying I've I had to find reasons for shit. Like when you're like doing rhymes, and I was like, well, Dan, not a lot of people can read and write, and if you've yeah. got a society, but it keeps short it and rhyming. And the fact that the War Boys may have had their origin in in Bugs Bunny is great. You know, they should be saying that's all. Fun instead of witness oh, me oh that's that so much more terrifying yeah. yeah would have been great um but uh, as it is it's it's just a fabulously designed film and i think what i really appreciate about the mad max films and this film does a really good job of it as well is it leaves so much room for you to go so how does that work what yeah. why is this this way you know and it's usually in the design of things like when we see people like getting their head shaved in the town or whatever it is they're doing it's sort of like why why is this guy selling radiated I, water i still love the fact that again the doctor the the part of the master whatever hmm. um they're all in leather and it's got this weird <laughs> sex king thing but the second he escapes and that's on his trailer that. no but like the way they would do it the second he's on like his trailer like oh yeah his caravan mm, yeah when they're leaving He's in a three-piece tweed suit. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, is that the suit that you came in on? Okay. Surely the leather is the suit he came in. Uh, well, must be. And Daniel. I'm like, Wait. and then I and then my next step is like, is this a uniform then? Like mm. at first I thought, yeah. oh, okay, this is but then you look at everyone mm. and like having to wear the and I'm like, has Auntie made mm. these Which people? Goes back to the theatre idea. The theatre mm. idea. Everyone's yes. in leather and like and, and like non-practical of just sunburn and and I'm just going like, they have to wear this shit mm. to be like in a uniform for Barter Town. Yeah. Is it because they went, yeah, this is the look we need. And then the second he's out of it, he's like, oh, I've got a, I've got a three piece yeah. suit. Oh. I was like, what? Yeah. And he's like, why do you think everyone, no one chooses to wear studded leather like that. It's just, yeah. that's the law. It's just two people, two <laughs> former actors who've just influenced this whole town. I, I do like also that Mad Max has his morals thing because when they had when he did like the, realized the sound impacted the the guy mm. what was he called Blaster uh, Blaster, Blaster. Yeah. and my first thought was like oh he's got like he's got sound sensitivity oh yeah yeah okay and then they take off the, the thing when they're fighting to the death and you realize that the guy you know that Blaster um you know has Down syndrome mm. and like and he's sort of going oh this isn't fair and mm. you sort of go because he was like okay this guy's just following it was this weird yeah it, it was, was sort of like because a part of me was like well he's aware i mean a part of me was thought it was gonna get really fucked up he's like i'm not gonna do that and the guy turns around he's like and like just tries to kill him like yeah. going we're fighting to the death but yeah. it did have that kind of like he's just following orders like that's just mm. something that he just sort of does yeah um and it's it it is really interesting that yeah max as the the moral center of the film even though he's referred to as mad max i think is it's quite interesting that yeah he just immediately says nope not doing it and like refuses to kill him which is why i feel like the film positions um auntie as the baddie because she orders blaster to be executed yeah Uh, but even though there is justification for her going no, this town is the only way we're going to survive. All yeah. fights happen in the ring because that led, you know, when we let fights get out of mm. hand before, that led to nuclear war. Everything's got a justification. I feel like, yeah. to borrow some D&D alignment terminology, I feel like she's 
lawful neutral. Mm. So she cares about society running. And if some people have to die for that to happen, great. If they don't have to die, I don't care about that either. She, so she just cares about society yeah. running, which is what that place needed. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was just interesting. Cause you, yeah, you do see this moral... Like, even when he has to punch the teenage girl or adult. (laughs) Like when he chooses chooses. to punch the teenage girl. Because you saw him, like he he does two warning shots. Yeah. And she goes, nah, I'm still going. Mm. And he's like, you guys are going to die out there. And one of them does. Mm. Um, And then you see him, he goes up and he pauses and she has no idea what he's trying to do. And he looks like he's going, and he tries to clench his fist a few times. And then he just goes, it's like he went, Oh, I'm really sorry. Like it was, he was sort of, I got to, yeah, I got to stop you. Sort yeah. of what auntie's like. It's sort of like, I'm going to tie mm. you guys up against your will because you don't know what's out yeah, there. It's, um, it's fascinating. And um, yeah, you see this constant moral quandary, which you see with Mad Max all the time. He doesn't yeah. actually kill a lot of people. Like when mm. you watch all of his stuff, uh, well, again, this is only take, I have to watch the second one, I guess, but a lot of them, he avoids it as much as possible to an mm. extent. Like when yeah. it comes to stabbing someone, yeah. shooting someone in the face, it's very like, he doesn't go straight to violence. Yeah. Like he goes, I want my stuff back. I feel like the second one has a really high body count, but probably I, I haven't seen it. It's it's yeah. I think it also had far more evil characters than, than yeah. any of the others yeah. except Fury Road. And mm. yeah. And even then, like, I think he's just someone that's like, I want my stuff back. Yeah. Mm. And then they try to attack him. He defends himself. Yeah. Like, well, but back. he doesn't, even when he gets the knife from, his fly sort of swapper, yeah. swap, which I love. Fly stabber. He fly uses stabber, yes. it to take it off his neck mm. and then proceeds to use the stick to hit the guy a few times. He easily could have gotten the knife and stabbed the guy, yeah. but he doesn't. And I think it's sort of, you're showing this guy in like mm. a, in a world with no rules. It's sort of, it's fucked up. It seems like he's the only, like, he was a cop. And it's like, I feel like that this was the only guy where he's like, even like, he's genuinely tries to keep... Mm. Morals, yeah, for, for whatever that means, which mm. is interesting. Would you guys like some trivia about Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? Yes, please. Yes. Okay, all of this trivia comes from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. Meet in the dome to fight it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the first piece of trivia is that Tina Turner had to shave her head for her wig to fit properly. She reportedly had no problem with it. And it cool. looked great. It looked great. It looked really mm. good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the costume, I think, is one of the strongest parts of this whole film. Oh, mm. it sells it. Except that random chef hat. I don't know why that, for me, I was like... Mm. And no hat, some protection. Like yeah, well... Slip, slop, slap, guys. That's a classic yeah. Hollywood problem as well. But yeah. Especially, no yeah. Yeah, no hat, no play. Yeah. They didn't understand. No. Um, speaking of costumes... Auntie's costume, the steel male dress, weighed more than 55 kilograms. Ooh. No wonder she didn't move a lot. Like, she was mm. in the seat. They, she, she did a, a glide to the seat. She did a lot of standing. Mm. Did, does it say it was steel? Yeah. That's such a shame. Could have used bloody aluminum. I know. I know. That, like, they, they started making it, and they were like, ah, we've made it now. Look, they learned after Lord of the Rings, they're like, hang on a second. We could <laughs> just... <laughs> um, the movie... Um, sorry. The sandstorm at the end of the film was real and a camera plane flew into it for some of the shots. The storm in its entirety hit the crew in the desert, forcing them to ride it out in their cars and wherever they could take cover. Love it. But someone was up in a plane, they're like, ah, we'll get some shots while it's going. 
Again, Classic. I am adamant that it was just the pilot just going, oh, yeah, nah, man, fuck it. Yeah, I can do it. I do it all the time. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, she'll be right. She'll be right. She'll be right. All the Americans going, oh, my God. Aussie pilot just cacking themselves. Oh, yeah, nah, nah. Watch this, guys. <laughs> yeah. um, Kate, you spotted during the film that Max's eyes are different. Yeah. Uh, and it's because the pupil in his left eye is permanently dilated, which is a nod to the events of the previous film. When his car is forced off the road and crashes, he suffers a severe injury to, amongst other body parts, his left eye. So it's been permanently dilated for this film, which That's is so just, cool. just a really cool touch. Mm-hmm. Um, the Particularly sp- as they don't, they don't really hang a lantern on it. Like no. There's, there's that shot... There. That's that's there that that you when noticed, I noticed it, it, but he wasn't focusing on his eye by no. any means. And yeah. but it's still there the whole film. Like mm. when any time mm. the shots on him, like it's that's yeah. Yeah, and there's quite a few nods to the previous film as well, uh, where Max is giving up his weapons in the excellent on running joke of <laughs> I've got so many weapons. Let's spend some time here. Um, he gives up uh, Wes's wrist crossbow from the Road Warrior film, which mm. he probably retrieved after events from that film which i won't say because yeah, i don't want to spoil I actually it. Do want to watch the film, yeah. um max Probably also bartered for it yes yeah uh max <laughs> also pulls out a mauser c96 and aims it at the collector max likely got this weapon from bubba zanetti from the first mad max film love that Ooh. yeah it's pretty cool um speaking of and also his um sort of shotgun yeah. Mm. Yeah, because that's like the shot with him and the dog. Mm. Like that would have yeah. been from the first one as well. Absolutely. Um, the script called for Auntie to drive a vehicle, but all of the vehicles were manual transmissions, and Tina Turner couldn't drive manual transmission. So a car equipped with an automatic transmission was built for her to drive. I love that. And also, I get that as someone with an auto license, and everyone's like, There's got, what if someone's in danger? Well, now it's. What like, if you have to chase Mad Max through the <laughs> desert? <laughs> what if you then I will have the studio mm. make me a car. Mm. I shaved my head and I'm wearing 50 kilograms of steel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the final bit of trivia is all of the outcomes on the Wheel of Consequences, I as I'd like to call it. I love the Wheel of Consequences. That's great. Um, so I have them all here. Would you like to play a brief game of the Wheel of Consequences? Wheel yeah. of Consequences! consequences. Okay. So, uh, Daniel... You have been brought before me for Crimes Against Barter Town. Yeah. And uh, I've got a little random number generator here. Mm-hmm. Um, based on the things you saw in, in the film, because they do go past quite quickly, what would you what, what are you hoping for? Well, look, I saw a big chunk that was Auntie's Choice, mm-hmm. and I reckon I reckon we could work out a deal. I reckon Auntie's okay. Choice would be my favourite. Okay. Oh, maybe it'd be horrible. It'd be a gamble. Well, Depends on what she thought about you. The mm. ten options are acquittal, Nice. Amputation. Like oh, less good. Auntie's choice. Oh, it's all A's. Death. That's a D. <laughs> less. Forfeit goods. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. The gulag. The gulag. Which is not a gulag. It's, it's not. banishment. It's... I, I think they could... I don't think that word means what you think it means. I don't think they could spell banishment. They didn't have enough room on the yeah. plate. They were like, <laughs> gulag shorter. What if they had a gulag and then eventually they were like, oh, we don't have one. Yeah, but we made the what thing. If, what if gulag no, was the name of the horse? <laughs> it's like goo like the horse is gonna go until he drops. Uh, or what if they what if they what if they built what if they built the wheel of punishment before it all and they went yes. oh yeah gulag sounds good and they're like are we gonna build one? We can't build a bloody we gulag. We don't actually have the finances to build a gulag. And they're like we've got to maintain that. <laughs> Just send them on. on Just send course. them out to the fucking desert, yeah. mate. They'll never tell. Stop being <laughs> yeah. theatrical. Uh, the remaining That's o- what we are. Yeah. The remaining options are hard labor. Oh yeah. Life yeah. imprisonment. Spin again, ah. and underworld. 
Oh, that's where, that's where the, the pig pigs killed, are. Pig yeah, look, was. I mean, the smell isn't great, but... Well, he said that he was there for life and uh, the average lifespan is two years or okay, three years. Yeah. And mm. then the other guy that clearly was new, Dip, was not happy about that because yeah. he was like, what? Anyway, so, what do you got? We're going we're gonna to spin yeah, now. Yeah. So, right. Dan, uh, how would you react if I were to tell you using this random number generator, you got three. Ooh, which is... Auntie's choice. Auntie's choice! Excellent. What do you choose, Auntie? Uh... But, well, this, well, this is just it. Yeah, we're bartering now. So, uh, oh, what have you got to offer me? Well, clearly theatrics are important. Ah. I've got many years of improvisational good. comedy experience. Doctor Deal Good needs Sundays off. You are uh, the new. You are Doctor uh, Bad you're, Smell. You're, yeah. you're his bitch. Yes, <laughs> yes. I will take it. You'll be his understudy. All Maybe right. that's how some of her guards got there. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like just Auntie's like having choice. to do like. Oh, I could be one of the people in the bikinis displaying the weapons. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it's just yes. like... There we go. Okay, that is Auntie's choice. Auntie's, oh, yeah. I feel like I lucked out. Okay. Well. <laughs> I'm going to spin for you now. Oh, it's probably death, isn't it? Uh, oh, it, it, it is not. Spin again, spin again, spin again. It is, it is forfeit goods. Uh, so, oh, what do you got? So, can I have your water bottle? Is yeah. yeah. Oh, no, water. It's <laughs> so precious. I got a Thank shirt. I got, mm. So, I guess I would like literally... They would just strip you naked and then you'd be in barter town with nothing to barter. Yeah. So in theory, you could get all your so. stuff back, mm. but you, you would have nothing. Yeah. So mm. that's actually really... That's pretty bad. It's yeah. actually pretty yeah. fucked up. But it's not death. I, I imagine that there's probably like a... As much as they're not wearing clothes, I imagine there's like a decency law in there. So like, I'm sure they'd, they'd give you a pair of leather underpants. Yeah. And, <laughs> maybe fact, that's, that's why, not optional. Maybe that's why some of them have them. They're like, fuck. Um, yeah. They or, forfeited their goods. Yeah. They but they've got to keep their goods in. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. was it... Or maybe it's extra fucked up that all of it's death but they just make it out that's different stuff. Like, oh, you go to the gulag. Yeah, it's a prison. Mm. No, you go off and die. Oh, yeah, you have to do that hard labor in the underground. You'll mm. die in two years. Well, oh, you, you gotta have to be a bikini lady. You gotta be mm. a bikini lady. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would be, it'd be interesting to go if like all of them were just death in yes. different ways. But it was like, no, it's, you know, except acquittal. Mm. <laughs> yes, well, well, thank you for playing uh, the Wheel of Consequences. I'm really glad I didn't have to amputate anybody in this uh, episode because I was gonna. Uh, now, uh, the, all that remains is for us to score the film. Kate, you get to go first because it was your first time watching Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. What score would you give it out of 10? I, okay. I don't know. I It's a movie that I didn't hate. I thought it was weird. I thought it was bizarre. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Like, I, so it's like, I want to give it a five, but I also respect it. <laughs> so I just need people to know that. Okay. So I respect you. You know what? You know, in Tina Turner, when auntie, she's like, we're a pair. What a pair are we? Like, that's mm. me looking at the film going, hey. <laughs> And then you leave it and behind in the And then I leave and I'm like, I'm, <laughs> like, a, like a, I'm never going to watch you again. Aren't we a pair? And I just go off. Like that's wow. That's how I see this okay. film. So I, don't, a, I respect it. but a, a respectful five. A respectful five. Okay. I'm going to write mm. down five brackets. Respectfully. Respectful. All right, Dan, what about uh, you? Well, um, I, I didn't quite remember all as much of this as I thought. Um, I remembered the, the like broad strokes and I remembered the style. Um, and I think it's the style and the, the, the like weird mismatched tone of it all and the big characters and the awesome costume and set that 
really do it for me. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. But then looking at this again, the plot. It's, it's the plot ruins it. He's weird and bullshit <laughs> and unnecessary. And mm. just, have no bar, just have Thunderdome. Just have mm. Thunderdome. That's fine. Yeah. Um, or just have the Lord of the Flies. That's fine. Yeah. Both both of them be good. You don't need to mesh them together. Mm. And I didn't I didn't need a plot for this film. So I I enjoy it. Okay. Here's how here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give two ratings. Okay. okay. So my enjoyment rating mm-hmm. was seven random captured monkeys out of 10 mm-hmm. God, mate. yeah MVP but of the film what i think the film quality is mm. is about a five mate i was thinking seven in my head right i'm actually on the same level mm. with you because i was like i enjoyed watching with you guys i thought the spectacle if i was watching this by myself i'd be like oh. mm. but like yeah i probably. enjoyed the atmosphere so in my yeah. brain i was thinking seven but i was like but it doesn't this yeah. is this is absolutely a film that is better watching with friends. Yes. And also better watching if you've seen all the other Mad Maxes. Yes. Like, mm. standalone, I think Mad Max 1 or 2 or even Fury Road are pretty fine. Mm. But this one, it's like, oh, with I don't no know why context, I should care. You would have no idea. That's a really good point. Yeah. It, it doesn't stand alone very well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to qualify your score as a 6. I'm going to go halfway between both. <laughs> but that's, that's my very respect. Yeah. That's we my bartered. Respectful. We did. We bartered. <laughs> we bartered. I've bartered you to a 6. And I, I think 6 is probably what I'm going to go with as well. I think it's, it's fun. Um, it's weird. Mm. It makes me want to play Fallout a little bit. Like it's, it's, it, it, oh, that and... Borderlands. Yeah, it, it, it's got a. It, it, you can see how obviously influential this was to post-apocalyptic, mm. particularly post-nuclear video um, games, video games mm. and other properties since then. Um, but yeah, the Lord of the Flies thing doesn't really work for me. Um, even though I, I enjoyed like trying to figure out what happened and then realizing that they're the children of the survivors of the plane crash, it's kind of cool. At the same time, it's a bit problematic. They literally, they literally could have rejigged it, and it yeah. was re- and it was problematic of how yeah, like they just sort of did this weird indigenous allegory yeah. thing, and that made me just really uncomfortable. Yeah, and they and they were all far too clean. For, for their te- teeth were great. Yeah, their teeth were great. I mean, that being said, if they were only eating anything but fruit and water. And anything like that, True. I could I could pay that. Yeah, that's you know, good point. I didn't I didn't see any any uh, super zoopers or anything yeah, around. Yeah, I could that. pay super that. Doopers. But they looked still great. And yeah. how they learned all this stuff in like again in my brain, mm. it's been 20, 30 years max. They're like, oh yeah, not all the stuff that you know, um, you know, Indigenous and First Nations people all over Australia that had been working on for sixty thousand years. No, these twelve year olds will figure out mm. how to live. Mm. And make weapons. Yeah. How did they get the boomerangs? How did they even know? How did mm. any of the adults go, oh, this is how you... Like, it's just stuff like that where I'm like, you. it's like an entire culture that took thousands of years to f- mm. work on and figure out of like a system and just go, oh yeah, these kids could figure the it out. The plane yeah. was carrying people who were going to be in the show alone. The, like the the reality TV show alone, the survival show. Oh yeah, yeah. And so they, that's my head <laughs> Yeah. And so this plane load of of survivors, survivors? Yeah. professional survivors, crash, and they were all so cocky. They were like, oh, <laughs> oh, made for this. You guys stay here. Yeah. We'll be back in a week. We got this. Quicksand. A lot of them. Quicksand. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. It was just so. It, it was. was just... Yeah. It's it's a bizarre film, um, and it. I think it's still worth watching though. Oh, uh, yeah. Like if you, if you haven't seen it, I if would say. If you like Mad Max, I would say watch it. If you don't mm. like Mad Max, you're not gonna like this film. No. I think you have to appreciate yeah. the Mad Max world yeah. to enjoy it. And if you like bizarre eighties mm. stuff, 
Um, or Bruce Spence. Yeah, it's all also very He's Lost Boys. He's not in it enough. No, he I isn't. Know. It's very disappointing. There was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff. But yeah, they had like, mm. it was Lost Boys. The 80s were weird with like kids. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> movie. They're like, yeah, Goonies, man. <laughs> Let's have kids. Like, yeah. I just don't. Yeah. It was. Yeah. But it does make me want to watch the second one. Okay. I will admit. I, I loved Fury Road. I've watched the first one. I enjoyed that. So this does make me want to watch. The... And also, I do want this to be a musical. Guys, yes. we came up with a great idea. It yes. feels like a musical. It should, should it be in a roller dome, though? Like like a skating. No, I that's think I like the much. I like the idea you had before we started watching of there being multiple domes. There's the Thunderdome, dome. but then there's the the Thunderdome. <laughs> there's the Roller Dome, the Jazz Dome, the Jazz Dome. Yeah. The well, the, the, we did see the Jazz Dome. We yeah. did, yeah. The Dome Dome, yeah, which is just had... a dome cafe <laughs> we did. inside of them. <laughs> which is just a dome. She just had yeah, a, like saxophone mm. guy that mm. was just blind. Yeah. I like it's so. A lot of little details, which I little think details really about, and also mm. I was nobody that became somebody. So again, it does look at this weird like. Mm idea of like of yeah of society and and now that the apocalypse is like the end of the world has ended mm. but the world still continues yeah the so, show must go on yes <laughs> exactly I, those shoulder pads it was like is it a hunch is it a shoulder pad it's definitely a look like he's wearing full-on black in the summer yeah in, it was always summer because it's nuclear how that's for show it's all Absolutely. for show yeah well anyway um, sorry no no that's that's fantastic well dan and kate thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the cinema catch-up club thank, thank you, you for having us thank you i really monopolized this conversation it was just so bizarre no no i'm happy you must direct the next mad max because you've got you got the knowledge you got it of the great long long ago mm. i think what he's trying to say is you are simply the best oh <laughs> thanks tina and yes, uh, yeah. Rest in peace, Tina Turner. Uh, not a big movie career, but my goodness, what a lot of great songs! Um, and it was a real pleasure to get to revisit this film and uh, celebrate her life. Hey, we've watched lots of films with dead people in them. If you want to go back and and watch them, uh, it's just the truth, Daniel. And with each year, more and more of them pass away. Um, but if you want to go back and listen to any of our previous episodes, just search for us over on uh, your podcasting service of choice. I choose iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. We're on Facebook, just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. And we're on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Cinema Catch-Up Club or CCUC Podcast. Uh, Go there and you can get uh, extra bonus goodies and features. But that is all for this week. So until next time, who runs Barter Town? You, 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 you run, run Bartertown. Bartertown. Dr. Stephen runs Bartertown. Yeah, Dr. Stephen runs Bartertown. Louder! Dr. Stephen runs Bartertown. Now I'm going to get off this giant man. <laughs>